0: Hi, this is Caleb Stokes, and you're listening to Microphones and Madness. It is July 30th, 2016. T minus two and a half hours to Harry Potter dropping.
1: What? And huh? Harry Potter comes out at midnight.
0: Oh. oh. Snape kills Dumbledore. This is the 19 years later no, play. shut up. Oh, the which, na- the play? Yeah, which I'm going to get on audio because it's a play. <laughs> it's a play. You're so not I'm to see
2: people doing the play. <laughs> Makes sense.
0: There you go. So, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, <laughs> here's your scoop. New Harry Potter at night, uh, midnight. So see you next week. Say goodnight, Child.
1: Curse child. The
0: Cursed Child.
1: Black Hermione. Goodness knows that uh, Rowling needs the money.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, so let's see. A couple things to go through. Speaking speaking of people of books to sell, um, our buddies over at Martian Migraine Press announced their anthology for next year. That is true. Uh,
1: can yes. it be a good one?
0: Yeah, A Breath from the Sky, Unusual Tales of Possession. The link for the open submission call is in the description of the video. will be in the description of the podcast. Um, if you think you can hack it, check it out. Yeah,
1: I mean, according to Scott's Facebook, all the submissions he's had so far are way off the mark, so you can't be that bad.
0: That's, well, well, yeah. Well. There's probably people that had anything. You know, I sent the lyrics to a Sarah McLaughlin song.
3: Hmm.
2: <coughs> I sent the vampire zombie story.
0: Okay.
1: I sent a uh, a <coughs> civil tort.
0: <laughs> a civil tort. Yes. Because possession we'll is nine-tenths of the law. Yes, we'll, we'll get to that in a second here. Um, also, it's summertime. We haven't done this since Christmas. Uh, this is our semi-occasional subscriber drive. So if you're listening, you're entertained, hit us with a subscribe. Head over to Twitter, at MadMikes, at MondayNightHeroes, at Garnet Ankh. Uh Hit us up with follows there. Follow us on Facebook. Um, you know, even on Podbean, I think you can follow us there. iTunes, you can iTunes. give us a like. You can give us a like, two stars, whatever. Yeah, I don't and, care you know, if you hate it, just acknowledge it. Um, I don't know what Google Play does because they're Google and, you know, you they can probably... It. You can catch Mewtwo at our Google Play account.
1: Yeah, we put up a Pokemon
0: lore there. That's right. I'm
1: happy to announce that our Pod Beam is now Pokemon Gym, <laughs>
0: and we are affiliated with Team Rocket. Right? Because <laughs> we're blasting off again, motherfucker.
1: <laughs> Team Davis? Oh, I was thinking of Herbie Hancock.
0: Oh, I was thinking of Team Davis. Blasting off again? No, but okay. Yeah, yeah, but because. Herbie Hancock had the song Rocket.
1: Mm. And he played, he cut his teeth in the Miles Davis band.
0: One of the Miles Davis bands. Wow, well, yeah, the second quintet. Yeah. All right. Some say the better quintet. So, on to the interesting quintet. stuff. The really, really interesting stuff. Not that what we talked about before wasn't. I think we'll do Miles Davis next week. All Miles. Miles Davis, motherfucker. And we'll just call the video motherfucker. Yeah. It'll
1: drop um, yeah so
0: it's, today, it's
1: the tentacles you don't put in there.
3: It's it's all about the tentacles,
0: baby. Motherfucking tentacles. We should have Wes on to do Miles Davis. Oh God. <laughs> Wesley James Young is the king of the bad Miles Davis impression. He is. He's, so he's funny,
1: so because his his. Cosby sounds like his Miles. Cosby and Miles? Like all of his things. impressions sound the
3: same except for <laughs> <a> Queen. <laughs> hmm. Skipper!
0: Skipper! Skipper! Alright, yeah, so nice. tonight we are, we are talking about the... Uh, we're talking Swords v. Cthulhu, uh, court Cases from Beyond.
1: This is all reenactment.
0: But up <clears throat> I'll be the plaintiff attorney. You'll be the, you'll be the prosecutor. And the audience is judging you. No! No! Swords vs. Cthulhu! Uh, new anthology from Stoneskin Press. Uh, edited by Jesse Bullington and Molly Tanzer.
1: Molly, sweet, lips,
0: sweet mm-hmm. flips, Tanzer. Sweet flips... Sweet flips, Standard, Yeah. Um, so, we'll start with Kim. Of course. Of course, as always. We'll <laughs> start with Kim. Get some overall impressions of the first half. As, as usual, this is part one of a two-part series. We read the first half of the anthology. Next week, we'll be reading going through the second half. Um, Steve's probably read the whole thing by now.
1: Haven't had time, man. It's
0: been busy. Yeah, as you noticed, Steve is in a new location. Yeah, welcome to the new Jack Cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So back to Kim.
2: Yes, back to general impressions. impressions. Um, pretty good so far. There are only a couple of them that didn't. That I'm not in love with. Most of them. Most of them rock. Well, there's there's a good bit of uh, sword slashing. There are a great number of of warrior women, as I was saying before. And most of them are pretty well done. Yeah.
0: All right. Steve, what are your general impressions?
1: I really like this book. <laughs> <laughs> I really like this book. It's very good. If there's a wheelhouse this is mine. Right. This is like the kind of stuff I've read since I could read. Mm-hmm. So I'm mm-hmm. very, very happy with it. Some of the stories, obviously, were better than others, um, and one of, of them I didn't particularly care for, but all in all, I, <clears throat> I did not like any of them.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, that's like me. There haven't been any that I really do not like.
0: Like anyway. Right. Um for me yeah it, it it's a, it was kind of a refreshing change from some of the other stuff that we've done. We've done a lot of uh, you know standard uh, weird fiction, Lovecrafty and stuff, you know, the modern world by and large. Um and and you know, though some are obviously better than others. <coughs> <'cause> yeah. <they're LaSapa. laughs> uh, <laughs> Nice shot. <laughs> what was that? Um, you know, most of them tra- traverse the same territory. And yeah. it's, kind of, it's kind of a warm path. And with this particular anthology, subject-wise, we get it more into wilder areas. Um, not all of them are necessarily sword and sorcery type of tales. But by and large, there is still the, the fantastic elements to the stories that are not nece- that meld with the mythos, and yeah, so we get a lot of uh, a lot of hack and slash, and et cetera, et cetera.
1: You, you don't see a lot of that these days. Um, that was more like the '70s and the '80s. You had mm-hmm. that that boom of swords and swords and sorcery writing, right. Um, these days, it is the grim, dark, modern Cthulhu's coming to get you kind right. of stuff. And right. this stuff, like the Robert E. Howard stuff, the uh, the Ashton Smith stuff, mm-hmm. is a lot more like heroic. Really, right. you have like you have heroes that actually will face threats like head on instead of fainting right and going mm-hmm. going crazy. Heroes who are actually heroes. Yes. Not As. heroes who are
2: <coughs> fainting. Right. and a rather an inordinate number of people who actually seem to be winning.
1: What well, and yeah. that's the other thing. Conan never lost a fight. Well, that's true. You know? And that's like part of that that trope that that genre of sword and sorcery is your manly hero, or in this case your female femalely hero feminine hero.
2: Womanly hero.
1: Womanly yes. hero. It's just a hero. Move. Well it's yeah, a hero, it's true. Modern. Just trying to say that there are female heroes in here. Right. Uh, there are. Which is also kind of
0: genre bending as well. Yeah, you know, with with the exception, with few exceptions, in this type of genre, there there are very few uh, female heroes. Um, we could probably name them all off on one hand. Well, I could do it with one finger because I can only think of Red Sonia off the top of my head.
2: Oh, that's that's what came into my head.
0: Right, well, there you go. Well, and of Zena. course and of, yeah, Howard Zena. had a couple of them. Right, and of course we can't we can't say anything about Red Sonja without uh, saying hi to Gail Simone, it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who it's more Gail Simone's character than anybody else's.
0: Really? Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think she wrote the definitive version.
1: <laughs> but excuse me. Back to the point. Sword right. and sorcery. You have these heroes who will face otherworldly threats, monsters, whatever, head on and win. Right now, and usually, it, it, sometimes it's with cold hard steel. Sometimes it's with their wits, and right. that's that's the other thing that people don't realize because Conan and sword and sorcery has been dumbed down. Mm-hmm. And I honestly, I blame uh, that the Conan movie from the eighties, Conan the Barbarian, the Schwarzenegger, the one everybody loves.
0: Right, with, made, For dumb helped Conan.
1: Help make Conan a meathead. Right. And if you read Conan, he's many things. But right. a meathead is not one of them. Right. And you you get a lot of um, thinking thinking um, heroes in here with with their thews and sinews and their brains. And
0: I like That's that. Right. There's lots of glistening thews mm-hmm. here. There is.
2: heaving Many.
0: Yeah. And and S- Steve kind of like derailed my transition, my segue here, Sorry. because I was going to say, speaking of Red Sonia, the first tale in the book is John Langan's The Savage Angela in The Beast in the Tunnels. Angelina, is it Angelina? I thought it was Angela.
2: No, it's Angela. Is it?
1: Why do I keep on typing these
2: things wrong in my notes?
0: I, I don't know. Look, mm-hmm. my notes say right there, Angela.
2: Yes, mine as well.
3: I don't know why
1: I have Angelina. Oh, well, I, I Jesus Christ. I, <laughs> I Jesus you, you fucking Christ. Jesus fried chicken. Here, I'll just go and get a turnover, you guys. Continue on without me. What kind of
0: turnover? Um, I don't know. Apples? <laughs> Better say Cheer- apple. Rhubarb.
2: Rhubarb. Apple. Oh no 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 no! Rhubarb was good. Never rub go. another man's rhubarb.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Obligatory <laughs> Joker reference. All yes. right, so you know, okay, this was a pretty good tale. I, this was a great one to start off the anthology because it just it put the mood. It's it it set the proper tone.
3: Yeah. Um,
0: although when I. Finished the story, my thoughts were man, you know, this fight would have been a lot easier if Angela's arms didn't have all the blood brushed out of them from her walking around in a high guard the whole time.
3: Yeah. <laughs> <And> technical.
2: <laughs> I thought this would be better suited as the beginning of a novel. Well yeah, cuz it, it, it gives you a great setup, it spends a whole lot of time with this great setup and then stops short.
1: What it is good for is the is either the first or second story in a saga of stories in a mm-hmm. collection because it has backstory and it sets up future stories, right? And leaves you wanting more
2: hmm It
0: definitely does. Yeah. One or it, more more. It. it definitely, it definitely reads like, you know, a like a Solomon Kane story that's inserted into a, a Weird Tales or something like that. Right. You know, it's part. It feels like part of a series. Well, and that. And, and, you know, I would say, you know, John Langan, if you're listening. Write more, Savage Angela.
2: Yes, definitely. The the great thing
1: about it is I actually looked it up because it sounds like it would be part of a series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just because of the way he set it up and the way he left it, and you not, know, you know a lot about Angela as a, as a character, mm-hmm. um, more so than almost any other character in any of the stories I've read so far. Right. Um, it's it's just great. It, a lot of sword and sorcery, especially post Howard, was not serialized, but um, well, yeah, serialized, self-referential. So it was very Lucas-like serial, mm-hmm. where you had standalone stories that referenced each other enough that you can kind of make a history. Right. Like uh, Elric. Mm-hmm. The Elric stories were written out of uh, chronological order. Right. But they were, um, they, they had a definite um, position in their timeline where Moorcock was able to go back and publish them later in chronological order.
0: Yeah, and you know, why not just write them in chronological order?
1: Well, because maybe he didn't. It wasn't supposed to be that way. The Conan stories are the same way. Yeah, they are. Um, and no, actually, it wasn't Howard who tried to put those in order. It was it was uh, people like Camp and other chroniclers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. To, uh, Piece those in order, and you know it, it doesn't. Er, having originally read Elric in order because that's I, so when I read them was in the 80s when the Daw paperbacks were out. Mm-hmm. Um, it was great, but now they have a, uh, they have a public, they have they're published in um, time in our time, you know, publication order, and they're just as good.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, the first Conan, the Phoenix on the Sword, the first Conan story, That's you meet Conan, like, toward the end of his life.
1: Yeah, he's a king. He had just yeah. conquered Aquilonia,
0: mm-hmm. the first of the King Conan. And, and he's sword. he's aging at the time. Right. You know, you, you, get, you really get the feeling that he's gearing, that at the end of Phoenix on the Sword, he's uh, gearing up for his last battle. Right. There's and, three other King Conan stories, though. Right.
1: Well, and then Um, the one after that is one of his earlier stories, which is The Frost Giant's Daughter, Mm -hmm. which is, like, maybe the first, you know, his youngest tale. Right.
0: So, yeah, um, Savage Angela, you know, good, old-fashioned sword and sorcery, um, hack and slash, crawling through... A cave.
2: How
0: about that sword? Yeah, fighting a monster. Just oh, a that, awesome. I want that sword. sword. Smart sword. I mean,
1: Deus Ex Machina is the name of the <laughs> smart sword.
2: Yeah, smart story. I saw that, that, was that was awesome. out. Really?
1: But, but, but hey, that's, it,
2: it works. That's it works.
1: Part of a tradition, too. You have things like Storm, Stormbringer uh, um, from Elric, and you mm-hmm. have um, Anglatchel from the Silmarillion, and you have a Thing from um, the Herbarvar Saga. Mm-hmm. You have the, I think, Sumnar, the Sword of Summer. Right. Recently, from, uh, you know, the Rick Riordan series. You have, like, a rich tapestry of fictional,
0: intelligent, smart swords. You know? Right. And they're all doomed. They're all and, cursed. And, and, of course, <laughs> the ma- the magic sword is, is is one of the most common uh, tropes throughout legend all over the world oh, right. every culture has mm-hmm. a, a, a character from their you know legendary period in possession of a magic sword Excalibur the, okay. the Imperial regalia of Japan etc etc um, yeah so yeah this it, it's perfect for the beginning of this book it, it sets the tone right it gives you characters, a, well, a character, and you know, giant mole monster. What did you guys think of that?
2: I wanted to know more about it because you know it, it had, it had a kind of armor, didn't it? Uh mm-hmm. yeah,
3: huh. It and it's like
2: this isn't just a monster. This is something that is intelligent and knows how to fight.
0: Well, it was know, a god? It, Yeah, it was one of the old gods, and and that's that's an interesting thing too because it was not some squamous entity from the depths of forbidden cities below the sea. You know, it was a star nose, a giant star nose mole. (laughs)
3: Yeah,
0: (laughs) and how about the reason why she was there? Oh yeah,
1: protecting the entrance of a king drug. Our king-slash-drug kingpin. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs>
0: yep. Is, uh, what was it? Pleasure, pleasure weed or something like that? Yeah. Joy, I mean, joy Dad
2: weed. Thought, oh, yeah, Steve's going to get a kick out of that.
0: Joy weed. <laughs> the joy weed. Joy
2: fields. weed. Huh? What, whatever could that refer to?
0: Uh, it refers to exactly what's on the tip. <laughs> right, yeah. It's
1: on the spine right there. Oh, uh, the mole was called the lord of those who dig
0: beneath the soil. Aha. Uh-huh. Right. And everybody called him Frank for short. Right. <laughs> hey Frank.
1: What was the name of the hey, mole Frank, from Secret squirrel? squirrel?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen Secret Squirrel in ages.
1: Mm-hmm. Mole. And then she gets then she gets bitched out by word of those who dig beneath the soil's friend. Yeah. Was like, I was going to put him out of his misery, but you did it, but for all the wrong
0: reasons. And then she looked at the sword and she's like, where'd you get that?
2: And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to I'm not gonna kill you because you're screwed anyway. So, yeah, yeah, bye.
0: You know, I'm half inclined to just fuck you up where you stand. But, uh, you're already fucked up. Um... Yeah, so that, that was a great opening to the book. Um, next up on the list is, I'm not even going to try it in Latin. Non-Ominous Moria. Sure. And that's uh, Michael Sisko. Is and,
2: Pulver's favorite author.
0: And Steve, I believe you found a connection to standard Lovecraft. Well, yeah, there was a standard
1: Lovecraft. Well, there wasn't. And it kind of disappointed me, to tell you the truth. Right, so
0: this, this one was story. listed as a sequel, wasn't it? Yes. Well, yeah. I didn't write the subtitle. All
1: right. So, yeah, it's uh, it actually translates into I Shall Not Wholly Die. And it is a sequel to The Very Old Folk, which was a dream that Lovecraft had, and he wrote it in a letter. And it's been published on its own, but it's also part of a bigger story by Frank Belknap Long called The Horror from the Hills, which is dear to my heart, because it mm-hmm. features one of my favorite Lovecraftian monsters, Shagner on the bastardized form of
0: my buddy, Ganesh. Ooh. So... I love how your Ganesh has an eye roll going on. Well, you know.
1: I, I sarcastic Ganesh. He he vapes.
2: <laughs> nice.
0: He's an ironic god.
1: So Yeah, no no Chagnar Fawn, which kind of upset me. But I did go back and read that that fragment of the dream.
3: So, right.
1: That is about a Roman um, official who is touring um, the Iberian Peninsula, they're in Spain, Mm -hmm. and there's like some uppity people in the mountains who are evil, so he decides to put together an expedition to get rid of them. And it goes horribly wrong. Of course. In uh, in the fragment, it doesn't tell you what happens. Right. In the uh, in the horror from the hills, you realize that it was, um, it was the Chocho Cho people, mm-hmm. Chagner Phan, it was, and then Chagarnafan moves from Spain and goes to the plateau of Lang in Asia. I put it in Tibet, but whatever. Um, so this doesn't incorporate any of that and just picks up from the actual Lovecraft fragment. Right.
2: I had a hard time getting into this one. The first part of it was so dry. It, it read like a PBS special on Roman politics. You know?
3: Yeah.
2: It's like... Like, umpteen paragraphs are dedicated to how this person got that position, and there was a brief mention of something going wrong in the hills, and some people going missing, and it's like, ooh, okay, this is it. Oh, no, no, it's not. Shit. And there's more stuff about how this person got that position, and blah, 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 and, like, God, get on with it! God, something happened, please! And eventually, something happened, which was good. But how many people are not even going to get there?
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a lot of setup here, uh, detailing you know who the people involved were, what their motivations were, right, right. before we get to uh, God of the
2: Mountain. So if you can slog through all that, it's worth it. <laughs> but I had a hard time getting into it. I'm just saying. Um, the one thing, the one thing that really didn't
0: that didn't really appeal to me. I mean, other than the the slog at the beginning, which is which is kind of okay because you know the characters are slogging up the mountain and you're slogging through the story with them. Hmm. So you know you, you almost you kind of feel you kind of feel like you're there once they start traveling, kind of like Heart of Darkness. Yeah, kind of.
2: Well, once things get going, yeah, it's it's good. It's good stuff.
0: But you know the 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 amnesia thing. I'm going to quote-unquote amnesia because it could—he just, you know, could have just like shut blocked it out of his mind, mm-hmm. the events that just occurred. But uh, yeah, that that wasn't very extremely satisfying. It just kind of left on, you know, this 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 shit happened, and you know that's it. And you know this guy went on about his business, you know, not mm-hmm. re- with no recollection of what happened.
1: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you.
0: In the middle of it, they
1: find that medallion, and there's a reference to God of the Mountain.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, both of you should remember. Kim, you played it. We played Michael Cisco's God of the Mountain. Yeah. Wes ran
0: it last year. Yep. yep. I remember. Uh, that. It was Memorial Day last yeah. year. Yeah, it was Fourth of July or Memorial Day or something like that. Yeah, it was it was Memorial
1: Day. Yeah. So. This Not is fun. very
3: yeah. One of the I few scenarios we actually, actually finished. This is Does. actually
1: a very similar story to that story. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, to me, it works better as a role-playing scenario than it did as a story.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. I can see that.
1: I just see that the story kind of was. It was definitely one of those stories where stuff happens and there's no deeper explanation. You're it's up to you to draw your own conclusions as to what happens.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and because I've read or I played God of the Mountain, I kind of knew or I my conclusions were colored by that, I won't say I knew anything. Right. Um, but it was nothing really earth shattering. Mm-hmm. Now, here, there are a couple of Easter eggs that pertain to the Lovecraft fragment. Um, so the dwarf they, they run into, right, the guy who had his um, legs cut off at the knees, right, mm-hmm. they thought he was a dwarf. dwarf. So that was uh, Callius Rufus, who was the Lovecraft character, the, the, the person who Lovecraft dreamt he was from that fragment.
2: Ooh. Interesting. I gotta read this fragment.
0: Okay, so that's uh, that's one Easter egg. What's the other Easter egg? Uh,
1: the other one is that Asilius, which was the, towards the end when he kept on saying Asilius' name. Mm-hmm. That was the military commander from the same expedition, like the uh, legate. Legate is that? Is that legate? Is that the
0: uh, proper term? Anyway, he was the. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think that's how we pronounce it these days. Right. So whatever. If my Latin is terrible. He, he you know, was, was
1: the head hurt. of the cohort that they that they uh, sent up into the mountains that they got attacked. So he definitely, you know, he a lot of that detail in the beginning um, was tying it into the story. Mm-hmm. Very very well researched. Right.
0: Oh yeah, definitely, definitely well researched. A lot of, lot of uh, good information on uh, you know, Roman politics, Roman politics, uh, Roman life. Yeah, I mean, it was it's a solidly written story. Still not one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and might have been might have been better later in the order, but a, a little a little dry and, and a little sluggish for the second story in the book. Right. Um, that, was, that was
1: probably the straw that broke Camel's back with Wesley, and being friends with us. Wesley also adores Michael Cisco. Hmm.
0: Well, you know, I mean, you know, he's.
2: I would need to read more of him to make a decision on that. I'm not going to base it all just on this one.
0: Right. Well, of course, you, know, you can't. No. Have an opinion of an author just on one story. No. Unless it's Chuck Tingle. He's only written one story, right? That's true. <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one on the list, I think we're going to have a little fun with this one. Uh, the Lady of Shalott by uh, Carrie Vaughn. Now, uh, I'm going to just put this out here. and I asked Steve this, and, and, and he kind of concurred. But did Lancelot
3: in this story
0: did Lancelot in this story talk to you, Kim, as John Cleese?
2: No. no? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out I'm gonna put this out there up front. I had I came into this story a little bit, uh a little bit biased because there is a Lorena McKennan song by this very name about this very lady. And that song has always made me so sad. And I came into this story thinking, oh my god, is it going to be about her? Is it really going to do, do the same thing that, that the song did? Oh no, please no. And it was about the same basic curse that the lady was under. Mm-hmm and so my, my view of this is not going to be the same as other people's because I, I can't listen to that song without crying and I started out reading this story thinking okay it, is, it can't end the same way no it can't, okay. And I, had, I admit I had some emotional reactions the lady is under the same curse. I mean it's, it's the legend She's under a curse, and she tries to leave the tower. She will be cursed. She will die. We find out why in this story, and I, I admit I, I didn't. I didn't cry. <laughs> I, I laughed, because there was some fun stuff in there. There was some humor, and there was a, a really vapid, vapid hero. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I was completely shallow, and the heroine was only slightly less shallow. <laughs> right. Because she falls in love with him not by looking out the window that she can't leave, but by looking into a mirror that looks out the window.
0: Yeah, she's, she, she sees she's him got and, oh, this hand love mirror. Which is like...
2: kind of how it happened in the song.
0: <laughs> Ooh.
2: But, yeah, by Ooh, the end, of it, she gets sexy. what she deserves. She, she freaking deserves this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
0: I mean, you know, you you had you had your preconceptions walking into it. I do. Um, me not knowing about the song or this particular legend, the legend, yeah, or three or, you know, I went into it going, okay, you know, Lady in the Tower, blah blah blah, and then Lancelot shows up and and I don't know why. But for some reason, the dialogue just automatically struck me as this is John Cleese's Lancelot. This is not mm. Richard Deere. This is not uh, the fellow who played Lancelot in Excalibur. This is John Cleese. And there's an exchange with the Builder that's, that is almost right out of Monty Python where they're talking about the curse. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, this seems all blown out of proportion. <laughs>
1: It kind of reminded me of Michael Palin's
0: um, Galahad
1: rather than Lancelot. <laughs>
3: a spanking, a spanking!
2: I suppose I could stay for a
1: bit longer. <laughs> no, Galahad is
0: much too dangerous.
2: <laughs>
0: it's I'll stay behind. You
3: go
0: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like no, I, I, I it's my She's turn. in her
2: so she must be beautiful and I must rescue her.
0: Right, exactly. I mean, it's just this... Idiot. This <laughs> Lancelot, Lancelot <laughs> yeah, he's,
2: a, he's an idiot.
0: And... I mean, total idiot. And he's just this really shallow guy. And he's like, this, she's in a tower, so she must be beautiful. And I'm going to rescue must, her. Oh, she must be
2: female.
0: She must be female.
2: Because I've never even seen her. No I one's ever even seen
1: her. Now... Lancelot in, in the Holy Grail makes that mistake.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's exactly exactly the kind of thing that's going on. He's like, oh, you know, it's like I must go and do this because this is my Idiom, sir. Idiot, sir. Idiom. 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 right?
2: She is being forced to marry against her will. Oh no, we must say I'll, t- I'll tell you, I oh, don't she,
1: think he was like a complete and utter idiot. Um, I think he was he was vaguely stupid. He
2: was a dumbass.
1: He was self absorbed. To, to
0: to an extreme level.
1: Right. Comedically self absorbed. Yes. But I mean he was definitely a a a cookie cutter, knight of the round table, who will do right no
0: matter how painful it gets. hmm Because this is what I must do. Well but
2: if you if you look at her because I'm a knight and this is the thing well, and, that knights do.
1: Kim had mentioned this uh, the, the maiden was equally as um, self absorbed. hmm So I mean she was definitely a typical
0: maiden. Right. Right. And and so this is one of those this is one of those tales that um you see you know, creeped that are you can kind of like the, um, the Ojitade story in, in Kikongo that you could read this story as completely serious and you know with your two dimensional hero your two dimensional heroine and the monster however you know you just flick that little switch and suddenly this becomes a screwball comedy you know, with Lancelot doesn't even like perform anything. He tries. He, he tries to sneak up to the tower, and there are no guards. There's no one for him to fight. Right. So he leaves. Mm-hmm. And you know, instead of you know, <coughs> using a rope and climbing the side of the tower like a brave knight, he goes to Camelot. And gets the castle builder hires him, right. and, and says, uh, "Yeah, we're just going to build a scaffolding up." Because you know, that
1: that's not a stupid move.
0: That's it, not right. a stupid move, but it's it's not it's not the the daring do move. It's, it's right, it's not it's the right. practical
1: move. It's not the idiom. It is practical. It's not within the idiom. hmm And so, it, it's something that would happen in Monty Python.
0: Right. And 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 like I said, a lot of the dialogue between Lancelot and some of the other characters. I mean, even Lancelot investigating the curse. You know, he's going around. What do you know of the lady in the tower? Oh, well, there's a curse. What sort yeah, of it, curse? Right. It's a curse.
2: It, 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 yeah.
1: You had me a curse. <laughs> <laughs> what more do you want? <laughs> um, the thing that gets me is she can't look out the window,
0: right? Right. She's not supposed to look out the
1: Right. Well, or she like assumes her final form. This is not yet my final form. She knows, I mean, she she starts to recollect what what the sky is, what trees are, what everything is. I mean, it's not like she doesn't
0: have experience. Right. Mm -hmm. She's been outside before, but it's been a while, and she's not really sure if her memory is correct. Right.
1: It kind of reminded me of The Outsider.
3: Hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Had that feel. Was and and even even when the curse manifests, it still has that kind of outsider vibe.
1: Right, because right.
0: she is the true monster. Oops, spoiler! sign. Oh,
2: sorry. sorry, Molly. Well, great, Steve. Now no one's going to buy this book.
0: No, because <laughs> because there is a twist at the end. Yes. That we will not reveal. That's true. Or is there? Or is there? Or are we lying? And she just comes out and turns <laughs> into a monster. Grr, arr, Grr. How dare you rescue me, man. Grrr. I will destroy your puny planet. The end.
1: I think we should get Scott Adams in here. <laughs> Mansplain <laughs> it to us.
0: Alright, so the next, yeah. next story on the list. Trespassers by... Scott Glancy. Yes, the Scott Glancy.
2: It was really good, but he cheated. There, I can said we, it.
0: Can, can we say can we say Scott <laughs> Delta Green Glancy? Yeah, we can.
1: <laughs> Delta fucking green,
0: motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Delta,
1: Delta green, motherfucker. Now I have to wait. Look into this pad. But well, they don't have that in Delta Green. We were specifically told they don't have that in Delta Green.
0: That's right. We, we you yeah. suggested it.
1: Detwiller said there are no
0: paths. <laughs> there are no neuralizers Damn. in Delta Green. Damn it. So yeah, well, okay, Kim. Kim interjected there. She, he cheated. There, mm-hmm. I said it. Go ahead, elaborate.
2: Because he uses guns.
0: <laughs> he uses guns and swords yes. versus. Control. It's supposed to be swords, damn it. bayonets.
2: They do, but they mostly use guns, which is and, the reason they get Kukri. as far as they do. The reason they get as far as they do is because they have guns.
0: The reason you know they get as far as they do is because they have British semi-automatic rifles with 8-round magazines. It's because they British invented in 1830. They have a fucking
2: lot of guns. <laughs>
0: Well, they were a regiment. I mean, it's of British.
1: You know,
2: I can overlook that because that's a really good story. It was actually one of my favorites, but <laughs> it's freaking cheating.
0: I mean, there oh, well. were plenty. There was there was plenty of hack and slash with the country.
2: Yeah, there were. Um, there's, there's plenty of non non gun non guns. Plenty of blades, yeah. but yeah, which I mean, I can overlook it for this one because <laughs> it's it so damn good. <laughs>
0: Me, I, I this was not one of my favorites. This this was not one of my favorites. Um, for for one, for the fact that you know there were there were too many guns. And it really, it, it felt out of place after reading The Lady of Shalott. And and, you know, in between the lady of being in between the Lady of Shalott and the Dan no horror, which we'll get to in a moment, it just felt really out of place. This. The, the way the story panned out um, with its more modern sensibility. Even though it was. Yeah. It took place in Tsarist Russia.
1: Right. Or Asia. Tsarist.
0: Yeah. So. A colonial colonial uh, Central Asia. Yes. You know, and, and yeah, you know, there was also the suckling the teat of colonialism. We go through we go through this, this big build-up of how badass Gurkhas are, and Gurkhas are badass, and they become just basically, you know, um, loyal flunkies to the British commander.
1: Uh, he was a, a
0: charismatic guy. He, he was a charismatic guy, and he, he kind of reminded me of, like, uh, like a Michael Keane kind of character. You know, are right. gods? We're Englishmen, so close enough.
2: And they you had know. a clear bad guy that was clearly a bad guy. Or a, a set of bad guys. not someone yeah. you can yeah. really sympathize with.
0: The... Cannibals. The, the
2: cannibals, this,
0: the cho-cho. They had Yeah, the cho Yeah. The cho-cho turned up in the darndest places. It, well, Central Asia's. Mostly they're gonna displace. Well, I, you know, I was I was always introduced to the chocho as being uh, Pacific Islanders.
1: That would be the people,
0: deep people deep and hybrids. Okay, get your
1: hybrids in Lovecraftia straight, <laughs> <laughs> Turner. Um, to me this one read and pasted itself like a glancy scenario for Call of Cthulhu. Um, I've listened to a lot of of the things he's run and that's exactly how it is. It starts out with this big info dump. Boom. This is what you need to know. This is the people. This is how the weapons work. This is the situation. And then something happens. Something goes wrong. In this case you had the Russian, the Russian rival exploration crew, got wiped out by the chochos and blames the English. Well, we did send them through
0: the pass to exactly. down.
1: I thought that was funny.
0: They That's are funny.
1: enemies <laughs> after
3: all.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Mustache <laughs> twirl. Um, that being said. It gets a little bang bang. It was more of a it, it was more of a straight up, you know, Cthulhu scenario mm-hmm. than a uh, sword and sorcery kind of thing.
2: Seems like it would have been more fitting in shotguns versus Cthulhu, Wh- which I haven't read, admittedly, but it just sounds like it would be better there. Cthulhu. Um.
0: Like World War Cthulhu. Kind of yeah, World War Cthulhu oh, was, was my, was my was initial thought. thought. Um, pretty much any anthology other yeah, than this one.
1: that's true. Because it, it, it could do well in pretty much any anthology. Yeah, It would and, fit and, well in, in a war story. And then Glancy is a fucking crackerjack when it comes
0: to like war history. You know, his military history and his, yeah. his research on the subject yeah. oh it's it's very well researched I mean as you said it the info dump at the beginning I mean tells you everything you know pretty much anything you would need to know you're there right you know what's going on politically what's going on you know militarily at the time you can feel the cold biting wind coming off the mountain oh not quite all right what about the, what about that macho
2: ending? <laughs> they are I, felt, I felt like I was right there with them.
0: They are English, after all. The, 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 yeah. Once, once you got into, once you got into the, the village itself and the real climax of the story, you know that that was exciting. Um, you know, it was very, it was frenetic. I mean, it was the battle between the chocho Cho and the and the English regiment was, you know, tense. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. Yeah. It was tense. It was exciting. It was exhilarating. Um, you know, you you had the guys who were getting poisoned, and then they were just instead of just dying, they were rushing headlong into the enemy. Is you the know.
3: Well, no, these I were really these to I'm I'm Yeah.
0: The only the only Englishman was the commander. The rest of these were. Uh, there were Gurkha troops, Nepalese troops, Indian because
2: troops. British.
0: They were of the crown.
2: Yes. Soldiers. The of the crowd. Men.
0: And uh, I believe it's
2: God Victoria. Saved
0: the King. So Queen's Men.
2: Yeah, God save the Queen. Yeah, it's
0: Victorian era. <laughs>
2: Excuse yes. me.
0: Um Yeah, so you had that, and then and then suddenly zombies. <laughs> <laughs> So
1: isn't that a nineties comedy? Maybe.
0: Must see T V. Yeah. Suddenly Zombies had Brooke Shields in it. Cool. Um, yeah, so you had so you had that, you know, that the one battle and then um then you had suddenly zombies and so that battle replayed itself with you know upward, you know, upward difficulty level. Right, <laughs> um, you know the boss was fairly easy to take out, and then you know, and it
1: all was solved due to the judicious use of explosives.
0: That's right, exactly <laughs> the way we uh, survived the uh, Tibet scenario in Mass <laughs>
3: Exactly.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so so far we've had at least two game designers.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right and and you know that's 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 an interesting thing that we're we're starting to see you know crossover. Um. Uh, Orin Gray, we'll talk about in a little bit, is one of the writers of uh, Time to Harvest, right? Mm-hmm. And of course, now we have Scott. Currently sure, running
1: on Mondays.
0: Right. Yes. On Monday Night Heroes. 9:30 p.m. Eastern time.
2: Be um, there or be square.
0: <laughs> so yeah, okay. I mean, you, you, we're see, we're seeing a little bit of a, a crossover of you know writers writing for games and gamer game writers writing short stories. Right. Um, so yeah, that's 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 an interesting thing, and you know the the genre is blending together more. Rather than you have your gamer guys on this side and you have your writer guys on this side. Now they're kind of they're mingling. We're getting interesting stuff. Um yeah, so next up on the list is uh Remy Nakamura's Dan no Ichi horror. Say it
1: fast and you'll get it.
0: Yeah. Oh I, I got it. I I got it. Dan Dono Uchi. Dono Uchi. Um you guys wanna start? One of you guys?
1: Sure, it's a Dunwich Horror with Samurai.
0: <laughs> 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 um Yeah, so far so far obviously this is one of my favorites in the book. Oh, that
1: is a complete one hundred and eighty.
0: <laughs> uh, I thought you'd hate the story, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I love, I love a good, I love a good, uh, story. And their Chanbara tale and and blending it with a uh, Dunwich horror was was well done. Um, I I just I just really liked the story. I like the way it flowed. I like the way it felt. um you know, I, I liked I like the characters
1: it was close enough to Dunwich where you recognized it mm-hmm. but different enough that it was interesting
0: mm-hmm. definitely definitely you had the the, the, the monastery on the hill and You always have to have the monastery and the hill man right and you always have to have warrior monks. Yes. All the history on warrior monks is kind of smoke and mirrors. Wow! So it's but, the history on samurai, apparently. Yeah, it's all smoke and mirrors. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, this this was this was an interesting story. It was well done. It was well paced. Uh, didn't didn't spend too much time in the in the slow parts but only to progress the story a little bit further. And really, you know, like like I said, you know, when we we're talking about trespassers, you know, it really made that story feel more out of place, being sandwiched in between this one and the Lady of Charlotte. Um, and, yeah, I mean, this, this is definitely one where they pick up the sword and headlong, you know, can you kill the monster? Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no problem. What's yeah, better? No problem. Put the kettle on, I'll be back by morning. But it's the
1: exact opposite of the pre- previous story because you don't get that information dump and then story happens. Right. You get no information, and as the story progresses, you get bits and bobs of more and more of what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it isn't until the very end that you get the full
3: picture.
0: Right. Right. You, so, sh- you start off, and, and the main character is about to kill herself. Right. Mm-hmm. She's on the run. She's
1: about to, to kill herself like her father before her.
0: Right. And and then this Yamabushi comes along, and, and she's like, uh, could you, like, hold off on that for a second? Because <laughs> I kind of need a head here. <laughs> <Right>. I'm blind. <laughs> I'm blind. Here's your here's your naginata. Well, let's take some fools out first, and then, then you can do whatever. Go and cut yourself up. Right. And before
2: we have a gratuitous sex scene. Uh, yeah, that did kind of
0: feel gratuitous because it was just kind of there, you know, and it, it just it just happened. So,
2: I mean, I could sort of see a reason for throwing it in there because this gives a reason to come back later, sort of, kind of.
0: Right. Well, well, it makes it makes some of it makes what happens afterwards mm-hmm. a little a little uh, a little more shocking. Right. You mm. know, and. Then, oh, it was all part of the plan, mm-hmm. that sort yeah. of thing. And and this story, you know, like Steve said, if you know the Dunwich Horror, you know mostly how this story goes, right? Um, you know, and we're I'm not going to spoil, you know, the differences in it, uh, because because they're major plot points, right. And
1: they're delightful,
0: and, and they're delightful plot points. So yeah, this is de- this, this is this is. One of my favorites. I would say, out of so far, my two favorites have been The Lady of Charlotte and the Nando e. Um, The next one, uh, wow.
1: St. Um, Babaloki's Hymn for Lost Girls.
0: That's right. Yes. And so, yeah, move them. on from. Can I get the rose Babaloki? Baba yeah. Angela, Angela. Close enough. Uh, that's by L. Lark. Um, yeah, this one, this one kind of got me in the mood for the next book on our list, which is uh, yeah. A Little sword and soul action going on
3: here. Hell yeah! Um,
0: mm-hmm. You know, which you know, microphones madness, is a big big component of sword and soul.
1: Mm-hmm. And it's nice to see some sword and soul that's outside of the MV
0: Media Empire. Right. Yeah.
1: I love you, Milton.
0: <laughs> no, yeah, no slight to Milton Davis, no slight to Nojitade, but it's nice to see uh, someone else take up the torch, as it were, right? And and do some good sword and soul. And this is a this is actually a very good sword and soul story. Mm-hmm. It
1: is. It's, it, this might have been my favorite story so
2: far. Yeah, it's definitely in the top for me.
0: Yeah. Um, we have a, a, a warrior of. Interesting parentage. Uh is it this, this, this I <laughs> it uh, it re it has it has elements that make it at times read like a like a legend. Yeah. Definitely.
1: Um, it's very matter of fact.
0: Yeah, it's very matter of fact. There's not it doesn't a lot of uh,
1: screaming and running. Even though right. people do scream and run, it's very um, I guess it's it's uh, just a step back from that. It's
0: mm-hmm. it's very um, objective. It's, it is very objective. Uh, the One thing that is missing from it is one of the things that we uh, praise Ojitade for, and that's his uh, oral history style of storytelling. Right. Um, this one doesn't have that. It's more of a, a standard standard uh, narrative style. Right. Um, But it's filled with with cool characters. I mean, Saint Baba Loki himself is a fascinating character. You know, it's this, like, trickster Beelzebub kind of entity.
2: Well, it's Loki. So, yeah. Yeah, kind of, yeah. I mean, he even changes shape. I mean, it tells you right in the title, Baba Loki. Yeah, I know.
1: Know if that was
2: okay.
1: intentional? There.
2: Oh, no, maybe, maybe not.
1: Um. So I thought the but really cool them. part was the monster. It, the, the main character of the, of the story can talk to insects. Right. That's that's her thing. And the monster is an insect. Mean. Mm-hmm. So when she's talking to the to the insect. You come to find out that the, the, the thing's not evil. It just wants to eat. It just wants to eat. That's where and its food is. And uh, as a professional, <laughs> I will say a pest is only a pest insofar as it interacts with people and their culture. Mm-hmm. For example, termites in the woods are no big deal. Part of the circle of life. The natural ecosystem. But termites eating the the sill plate of your home.
2: Yeah, that's a problem.
1: That's a different story. Right. So when this thing comes barreling down looking for its food in the village, it's a big pest. See, you thought this was my favorite story because it was sword and soul. (laughs) <laughs> it's your
2: favorite story
0: because it reflects upon your occupation. Exactly.
2: And you wish you had one of those things to use on it.
1: <laughs> I wish I had a magic pith
0: helmet.
2: Yeah.
0: A magic pith helmet. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, the the monster not really being a monster is 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 always an interesting twist in a story because clearly, in the, with the exception of Savage Angela. Um, the monsters in, in the other stories were monsters. Um, you know but uh, the creature in, in St. Babaloki's hymn for Lost Girls is just a it's a piece of nature. And there's that, that that disconnect of you know, if this as you say, if this were out in the middle of the savannah, where there were no people, nobody would pay this monster any mind. They just happened to build their house where these flowers grow. Right. And,
1: and in, in a way, you have to say, "Why wouldn't you just move your village? Go a kilometer east."
0: Right. Instead of because living in future, here first,
1: especially since it's a pattern.
0: Right. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a predictable pattern. Apparently, because they yeah. know For they know which flowers. Coming. Then comes the monster. Right. And these flowers, they just, they grow fucking everywhere. Yeah. Literally everywhere. They just spring up. Now, that and they're might like knee deep. That might be the issue, they are
1: everywhere. Right. That's but, true. But even
0: so, you think you could figure something out. Right. Right. And, yeah, so. Yeah, that's it's it's an interesting tale.
2: Yeah. Um, and this really speaks to the primal fear of uh, getting eaten, because we we as humans we like to think that we are at the very top of the food chain, right? The world over, and we're not. Right. We just have better technology to help push these predators back. Like right. we, we can still get eaten by by gators, you know, or. Eaten to death by mosquitoes, or
0: they we're just better
2: at killing them than they are.
0: Mosquitoes. Um. Yeah. And it also, it also goes with the the idea of you know the non the non caring entity the the monster in this right. story really doesn't care. It's not malevolent. It's right. not eating. It's not eating people because people are its food. It's not eating people because it needs you know, that people are required people are just there it's, it's not eating people because
1: we must go break through the dimensional barrier for reasons right and take over the earth where you are for reasons but you'll right. never know what those reasons are because you know we are the great old ones and our
0: right. motivations are beyond you Right, and truly and and an in, indifferent in cosmos is just one where human beings, you know We're there. Are there. You know, we don't have this presupposed special place in, in,
1: in. We've talked about this before in Cthulhu Sattva, Right. Where yeah, I mean this is just it's a bug. What do it's a do? bug is a bug.
0: It's eating flowers. That's eat what roots, it does. And, and if reuse, there's a goat a in scene. the way, the goat gets eaten too. Yeah. Yep. And and that's it. Um, the next one on the list is uh, The Children of Yig uh, by John Farmer Jacobs. I'm struggling to read my own Horner.
3: handwriting.
0: Horner. Horner. That's it. Like I said, I'm struggling to read my own handwriting. Horner. John how Horner much, Jacobs. How much are
1: you kids. allowed to put on there without having to pay ASCAP?
0: Um, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That I miss the Viking kittens. <laughs> and
0: as <laughs> yeah, Steve, Steve well, eloquently put it, uh, the main characters of the Children of Yeg do come from the land of the ice and snow. Yes. Uh, we, we are talking, of, of course, about uh, Vikings. Well, it's the Norse. Or Norse. the Norse.
1: Viking is an act. Viking is the pirating that's called Viking. Well, they're Viking Warriors.
0: Though.
1: They were they were Norsemen and women on
0: Viking. On Viking. Viking is a verb. It's a way of life. Hey, Viking lifestyle. Hey, Join would you like to go bike this evening? Sure, I like Viking. <laughs> Just ask Brett Far. Oh. Ah, no. Um. So yeah. We we, we joined a group of Norse people uh, on one of their annual raids. They they made it to Normandy on this one. They, they made it to Normandy. Um. So yeah, what you guys what you guys think of this one? I love this story.
2: It was fun.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I thought it was I thought it was a bit of a slog at the beginning. Um. Yeah, you know, with with everyone on the boat, and you have to introduce the entire
2: you got to introduce all the characters, and, and they've all got token names, right?
0: Yeah. They, they, yeah, and but once once the the action started picking up, and, and we started seeing the, the plot, um, uh, it, it really it picked up and and sped along to a, I thought it was a great payoff at the end. Yeah.
1: You know, it's weird. This could have been, if you had taken all the weird, the whole yin thing out of it, it would have been a great story. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Actually, it probably would have been a better story,
2: honestly. Mm, I don't know about that. Mm, Possibly,
0: possibly. Because, you know, there was a lot of human drama. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you had the the one character who was afraid of snakes, there's always, in a Yig story, there's always one character who's afraid of snakes.
2: hmm Wait, was that the character that got bitten all the hell? Fucking
0: yeah. Snorri. Yeah. Snorri. You know, and, and you oh, kind of like, like Snorri because, you know, he, all, he seems like, you know, the, uh, the comic relief character most of the time. You're like,
1: Oh I got Snake oh! He's <laughs> a guy in um <coughs> in uh, Starship Troopers who's like, I can't get my fucking helmet
2: on because I'm a big dumb fuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's not your helmet, Snary. that's mine. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean this this was this was a great story. A lot, of, a lot of action. Um you know very brutal oh my god story. yeah she fought back so
1: so oh. she was impaled <laughs> yeah. right
2: oh my god. I mean, when they go to the village they don't kill everybody they take people for slaves but if you fight back you're gone
0: yep you want you you step up you die a warrior's death yeah and and the main character of this story uh, is, is extremely brutal. Oh, no, that's uh, the other story. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, she she kills children. Grizzly. Grizzly, yeah.
1: Well, I think she kills children with zeal because her father would not.
0: Right, right. Her father yeah. was called the boy lover.
2: Overcompensated. Because he refused to kill children. That is yeah. the one little problem I had with this story was because she had such a chip on her shoulder. That was what she was all about, almost. And I've said this before about other things, like I said it in my Ghostbusters review, but so often when women are involved in a thriller or an action series, it's because of a man. Either she's there for her husband or her father or son or brother or her boss or whatever. She's rarely there for herself. And as kick-ass as Grizzly was, she was there because of her fucking father. Oh. She was there of. to get out of from under his shadow to prove to all of her fellow warriors that she does not spare fucking children. And she makes a point of this. She makes an example of two children. She goes, drags them out, children who didn't even fight back.
0: Now, is she stepping out of her father's shadow for her father's sake, or is she stepping out of it for her sake?
2: It's for her sake. But the fact so. is, he's still the reason she's there. I mean, she only picked up a sword after he died. Right. She only did all this after he died to prove herself, to prove that she was not her father.
0: Because her father didn't want her to walk that path. Her father, she did everything, she picked up the sword and became a warrior because.
2: She had that giant chip on her shoulder.
0: It was everything her father didn't want her to do, that she wanted to do. She already wanted to become a warrior, but her father wanted her to become a farmer. Right. So. It's like the jazz singer for Vikings. Kinda, I guess. Hmm. Um. So yeah, I mean.
2: I mean, it was a kick-ass story, and she was a kick-ass hero, and I loved her all the hell, except for that one little fact. She had that big giant fucking chip on her shoulder, and that was the entire reason she was there. But otherwise, yeah, this story kicked all kinds of ass. I loved it, except for that one little thing. Mm-hmm. But otherwise it's an awesome story. And you know, I've spoken my piece, and I'll step off my soapbox now. <laughs> um yeah, I don't think I really have
0: anything to add to that. Steve? Snakes. Snakes.
2: Snakes are always good.
0: Snake monster. Lots of snakes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Indiana Jones would not survive this story.
3: Neither would
0: no. you. Neither would I. <laughs> And, and I, I suppose that's probably why the gig is my particular favorite Lovecraftian monster, because I am afraid of snakes. And, yeah, I I would have reacted just like those guys if I had walked into this house, lit the fire, and <laughs> there were snakes everywhere. Like, kill now them I all. I know
2: not to send you one of my snakes. I
1: tell you right. about the time I was, I was under this house on the eastern shore in St. Michael's, Right. right. Supposedly doing a termite inspection, right. mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm under the kitchen. Woman's a owner of the house. She's up above me in the kitchen. Right. I crawl in, and it's got this tarp, and I hear this. Now you got to understand, there are
0: copperheads. Right.
1: On the Eastern Shore. Yeah,
0: there are copperheads all over Maryland. Yeah.
1: So I I go in and I hear, and this is right on the water, like prime copperhead territory, and I hear this crinkle. I hear the thing crinkle, so I stop and I think, maybe it's me. And it's still crinkling. So I turn around, and coming at me is this fucking snake. <laughs> now, I have pet snakes, but I know what my pet snakes are. I don't have them now, but I did at the time. I know what species my pet snakes are, and I know my pet snakes are incapable of harming me. <laughs> Right, (laughs) this thing's whipping at me, and I—the only thing I did after screaming at the top of my lungs, shrieking—I took my dust ball, full of uh insecticide dust, basically poison baby powder. Right. I just squirted it in its face, and it just went, and I streaked out of there, and I—and the woman comes running out of the kitchen because she heard me. everything all right? Is everything all right? I'm like, I saw a snake down there. I don't know what kind of snake it was, but I saw a snake down there, and you're going to have to have somebody
0: else do your your, termite inspection. (laughs) I didn't see one damn termite, but I saw a big fucking snake. (laughs)
1: I'll tell you what, you probably don't have any mice. That's for damn sure. (laughs)
3: Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, snakes. Always, 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 a, always, a, always, I'm, a, always, and i
3: um,
1: respectful of them, <laughs> shall we say? Why do they have
0: to be snakes? Exactly. Why do they have to be snakes? Why because it's be Yig. So, yeah. so in the That's what happens in a Yig story. Yeah. You know, and thankfully, thankfully, uh, you're you're psychologically prepared because they always put Yig in the title. Right. You know, <laughs> Yig, Yig, Yig. So you know
2: coming. You know they're gonna be snakes. Right.
1: So, there's, like... You're going to, like, find, like, what the word for snake was, and, and like, slip it in there, and you'd be like, oh, look at this. Oh! Uh, children, so of children of the... River.
0: River.
3: Uh, <laughs> snakes. And you're like, oh, it's freaking yick.
0: <laughs> yeah. Snakes. Snakes. All right. Vikings. Yeah. Now, the next story on the list... Uh, Jeremiah Tolbert, the dreamers of Alamori. Or Alamori. Alamoy. 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 I
1: love Alamoy. this Hey, Jeremiah, if you're listening or watching,
0: let us know if that is a dipfog or not. Um. Yeah, so this is, this is our first piece of straight fantasy. Oh, yeah. This is like Clark Ashton Smith fantasy. Right, most everything has taken well, with the exception of Savage Angela which takes place in the secondary world everything else has taken place in, on our world, Earth. Fairly historic. Notice notice, I had to include Earth when I said our world just to make sure that uh, people know that Earth I, I, 1. From Earth? Earth, yeah. It takes place on Earth 1. It takes place on Earth 1. It <laughs> takes place on Earth Prime.
1: Just wait until my anthology comes out. Flash vs. Cthulhu. Ooh.
0: <laughs> Flash versus Speedsters vs. Wow. Cthulhu. And you're going to have uh, Jay Garrick and Wally West and Barry Allen and, and Bart Allen all team up against Cthulhu.
3: Yep.
1: Sweet. And they're going to get their ass kicked but they're going to call in Zatanna, who's going to say Cthulhu go away backwards.
3: Right,
0: <coughs> uh, and you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have a John Constantine appearance going. I don't know who you are, but I'm a real nasty piece of work. Ask anyone.
1: You can write the John Constantine
0: story.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: John Constantine versus Nyarlathotep. Mm. <laughs> it's like looking in a fucking mirror. <laughs> right now. This particular story, uh, like I said, it's it's the second secondary world story of, of the anthology. Um, and what we have is we have this, this a character who does not require sleep. He can't
2: um, sleep. He right? can't sleep. He still requires he, it. He just can't well, do no,
0: it. He doesn't really necessarily require it. They even say, well, he requires sleep but he's not immune from the effects of not sleeping.
2: Right, so he's completely he's bonkers. Because more of or it. less.
0: More or less. He's <laughs> and he's I could mad really
2: identify with this guy. Right,
0: it, the, the main character is a, is a madman. He's a madman. And oh, he's recruited to uh, spy on this town where everyone's under a, uh, like a sleep spell, where they're walking... Uh, you know, waking dream. Like they're
2: sleepwalkers. Yeah, and they're, they're working in their sleep. Right. I've got a song is... for
0: this one, too. Oh, boy. Okay. I've listened
2: to a lot
1: of hard rock and metal, and this is all half of what the shit is about. Metal!
3: <laughs> Holy Dive.
1: Oh, you're getting so close, dude. <laughs> you don't even no. know how close you are. Because, <laughs> because it is Dio, right? It's a
3: rainbow.
0: <laughs> you were frozen on your frozen on the screen with the biggest party. That's gonna be that's a thumbnail. Love <laughs> 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 yes.
1: <laughs> Sorry. So the song is about a bunch of people enslaved by a wizard building a tower. Right. And <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what is happening what's... in this story. So that is this story.
0: And the the only the only, the one man who can actually go and do yes. anything about this tower is His the one. His name is villain.
1: Mary Sue. I mean
0: Garen. <laughs> Garen Garen the what is Garen the Dreamless? Yeah, he's he's he's
1: like Honestly, he's a pretty typical fantasy
0: hero who
1: does everything
0: great. Right. Even though he's a he's a, he's a mad genius. Right.
2: No, not necessarily, because he he's still he got to go through good. the motions. He's still yeah. got to learn all this stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: but
1: he looks good. Yeah. He fights good. He thinks good. He fucks good.
0: That's right. Just, he just looks out for number sister.
1: one, but he'll help you if what you want coincides with what he wants. Right. And he is like,
0: here you go, fantasy hero. And not above pelting children with ceramic tiles.
1: Yeah. Well, they were demon children. Feral, feral children.
0: feral yeah. children. They were pretty demonic. I mean,
2: they were. Scary. Yes. Um. Yeah. This. This is. Even, yeah, he swings both ways.
1: <laughs> even uh, a <laughs> Superman. What's his name? Christopher Reeve wasn't above hitting a child or two when they had white glowing eyes. Sure.
0: white glow, the midwich cuckoos. Um. Yeah, I, I liked this story. Um. You know, it was as as you say, typical fantasy hero. Um. And you know. Fighting, he fights Migo. He fights cannibal children. He fights Migo. He fights sleepwalking zombie types. Um, that was a little bit of a nod to uh
1: to Invasion of the Body Snatchers there. Oh, that,
0: Invasion yeah. of the
2: Body Snatchers. That yeah, when he was like, oh, oh.
1: Didn't they point at him and do the
2: old.
1: Yeah,
0: I yeah. Oh, I thought that was Children of the damn, white glowing eyes.
1: Same I mean, thing. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it's
0: zombies without being zombies. Yeah, um... So, yeah, this, this story was great. It, it, uh... It, uh, flowed well. Um, you know, a lot of, you know, an interesting world that, you know, the, the magicians all, like, you know, went to this, the library of dreams, which is really interesting. Um... It has yeah, a, you know it has a Jack Vance feel to it. Mm-hmm. I'll give you that. Um, yeah, I mean it's it's not like stand out, but it it does kind of stand out as you're reading because it, it it's you know you're reading you know right before that you're reading Children of Yig, which is very realistic, and then you're reading this one which giant is snake people always. Well, yeah, giant snake are, are in the holds of long boats. That's right. <laughs> Every single fucking longboat I've ever been on had a giant snake man in there. I, I, I
1: as a matter of fact, Robert Plant himself was a
0: giant snake man. That's right. Still is. As as was Jim Morrison. Well, he was a lizard man. He called himself the Lizard King, but he was a giant snake man.
1: He rode
0: the snake to the lake.
1: Right. Because right. the snake was long, seven miles. Uh, Drake. Well <laughs> you should be drinking throughout this whole episode. I've got my iPod loaded and ready to go.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean I, I really I really like this story. Um you know, not an interesting world. Uh, the characters were you know interesting, entertaining. I thought um, Richie
1: Blackmore's guitar solo was particularly
0: poignant. Yeah, yeah. The uh, really really melded well with the cover art.
1: It was a good story. Yeah. It, it just it was a little.
0: It wasn't my favorite. It wasn't your favorite. No, it wasn't my favorite. Where was it? Where was it on your list of favorites, Kim?
2: It was pretty damn high up there, like either one or two. Right up there with uh, Babaloki.
0: All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, we're at.
2: Maybe Next if up? they
1: gave the character
0: Garen a little mm-hmm. bit more, made him a little bit more flawed, I would have right. the story better. Right? Made him suffer from his madness a
2: little bit more, maybe. Yeah, I mean, like, he didn't suffer the we, entire time. He
0: didn't suffer at all. Not really, yeah. because they even point out in the story that when he's focused on a task, his madness is at bay.
1: Yeah, so he really paid absolutely no price for
2: his madness. He was just like yeah. man, He was like a, He didn't show it, he was but it's like well, I mean, he, he was a crazy guy who couldn't get any sleep. Imagine how you would be if you could never, ever sleep, ever.
0: Yeah, and in fact but he I was, think maybe
2: he just didn't show it because he was so used to it that he learned to hide it.
0: Well, he I think he's a character like the Doctor. When he's alone and by himself, the madness takes over. When he has something to do, he's he's able to focus and he's not that's mad very anymore. Very interesting because mm-hmm. the story is about when you have to do something. Right. The, that's, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. So, you know, you don't really you get like two scenes of, of his madness. And that is in the monastery um, and at the when very he's beginning. He's up at night in the beginning. Yeah. And that's it. When he's when he's got something to do, something to target his mind on, then he's he's fine. And he doesn't even do that like, in a wacky, mad way. Right. You know? He's not Chaz.
1: <laughs> he's not <maybe> Chaz,
2: motherfucker. think. the that he could have been, if he, had Chaz, been so, <laughs> if he had been so inclined. That was my impression, anyway. Yeah. Well, I really, I really took to this character quite a lot, and I would like to see more of him.
1: He made a fucking turnaround jump shot to blow yeah, up. So to blow we'll
2: up Skyhawk,
3: Kobe. So, <laughs> so? <laughs> and
1: he just—it was just like just too perfect of a character. Just didn't engage me because there was no question that he wasn't going to get it done mm-hmm. because he.
0: Yeah. Now now we're coming up on one of my particular favorites. This has got to be in the top three. Uh, with uh, I would say it's right behind Dan O'Chihara. Two sons over Zulu Land
2: That was good. I uh,
0: like that one. More more Sword and Soul taking place in during the Zulu Wars. Um uh, yeah, this one, this one I, I, I just really liked. I, I liked it was it was fast-paced. It was pretty much action throughout the entire story. Um,
2: yeah, from you know, start lot to finish. Of, had lot a of boss
0: fights. A boss fight. Had a, boss fight. Had
1: a boss fight, and it was like a 90s boss fight. It wasn't right. a, a, like a modern just hit the thing until it dies. It was uh, you have three targets, and you have to hit them in order. Boss fight. While hordes and hordes of enemies are coming at you that you have to deal with, but ultimately mean absolutely nothing, because you have to hit the thing on the boss.
0: Right. And, and, if you and hit speaking the right target,
2: that, it'll all go away.
0: And, and speaking of that, it was it was one of those stories where it wasn't brute force that won the day. It was... 90s boss fight. It, yeah, he had to think it out. He had to use his wits to solve the problem. And and his even though the hero wins, this is it's a pirate victory. So see,
2: I I had the impression that I had the impression that he only got the right boss because that was the one he was the most mad at. Not because he figured out that that was the one he needed to go for. That was the impression that I got. So maybe, basically, he just got lucky.
0: No, because it specifically says he didn't get lucky. He hit exactly what he aimed at.
2: Right, but he was lucky in that that the one he was maddest at was the one he was supposed to get.
0: But that wasn't the boss.
2: No, but it was the key to the no. the but invasion.
1: What, what, what Rodney's is saying is that you don't beat that particular entity. You just prevent that entity's reality from becoming your reality temporarily. Right.
2: Right, and the way you do that is by getting the right target. And the target that he went for happened to be the right one. And that target, he went after it because he was the one he was the maddest at. The one he hated the most.
0: Well, yeah, it, it was the boss. He knew it was the boss. However, instead of blindly trying to attack the thing itself, mm-hmm. he attacked the representation of the thing. And not specifically the representation. He attacked its weapon.
2: hmm
0: And and he knew that the weapon was the source of all the problem. He knew that Did the flute know? Yeah. He knew Did that he the actually flute. Know that? The flute caused the whole thing to happen. So if I destroy the flute, something something will happen. It'll, it, it, I don't think he realized necessarily that it would end the way it ended,
3: mm-hmm.
0: but it might set him up with a, a bit of an advantage. All right, so here you go. It says,
1: The Winged Legion swooped down to attack, but Wazi ignored them and leapt forward toward the last of the original four monsters that had slaughtered Sizwe and the others. Drawing back right there, his...
2: Right there. That's the one he was mad at. You see?
1: But that wasn't his target. Yep. Drawing back his Ikwa as if as if he intended to hurl the spear rather than stab with it. The creature threw back its wings and surged forward to meet the Zulu's charge. Just as Wazi let his spear fly, <coughs> the demon jinked to one side and the Ikwa darted harmlessly past its shoulder but the evasion had been unnecessary. The monster had not been the spear's target. Wazi's aim was true. The Ikwa thudded into the wooden idol cradled in Rafferty's arms and and shattering the bone whistle into a hundred shards. So, I mean, he knew what he was doing.
2: But if he knew that that was the key, why didn't he just do it from the start?
1: Because he had to figure it out. He didn't know from the start. He mm. figured it out because the whistling was so loud. And it's swords was versus doing, Cthulhu. We had to have a fight.
2: Yeah, and everything
1: he was okay, doing, yeah, I'll give you that, wasn't wasn't working. They were just coming, and more of them were coming, and he went to the yeah. source. I mean, it's, they establish in the story that he's a
0: you know he's a smart guy, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is why he's younger than everyone else, and he's still their leader.
1: Hmm. He, doesn't he doesn't even have a freaking headband woven into his hair. Right. Well.
0: Wow. Yeah,
2: apparently he's,
3: he's
1: quite young. So he's not of mar- marriage eligibility.
0: Marriage. Right.
2: Marriage eligibility. Marriage
0: ability. Right. I speak yeah. I speak English. But once <laughs> once again here's here's another interesting world that we've we've set in and I would love to see more stories about this character. Mm-hmm. Um it was, surviving on his wits and his toughness. And, and you know, here's the first.
1: This particular entity doesn't go down even when, even, like, with the situation that they had there with the reality shift. That doesn't get thwarted very often in tales that... Mm-hmm. Maybe in a call of the Hulu scenario or two it does, but not in literature. It's very non-traditional for somebody to even have a, a pirate victory
0: in that situation. That's true. I mean, in uh, in a in a standard Lovecraftian. Tale, it's,
1: it's funny because we've given away the other monster, but we're like avoiding this one because it's dear to our hearts.
0: <laughs> it's Haster. <laughs> yeah. It's the King of Bella. Actually, yeah, it's actually the, uh, what, second appearance of Haster? It is. Trespassers included Haster as well.
1: Yes, and guess what? And the third is coming right up.
0: <laughs> yep.
1: That's third is a, coming
0: right up. Makes a couple of appearances. And, and technically, technically speaking, um, in Savage Angela, the, the sword comes from... A version of Temp, who is not also Haster. identified. Right, but sometimes is identified as Haster. Mm-hmm. Haster is listed sometimes as an avatar of Nyaralatotep. Really weird. her Oliver,
1: let us know this. Tentacled King, the, the
0: real King in Yellow, is not Haster. Oh, anyway. yes, uh, tentacled Haster King in Yellow is said to be in some places the same as Narlith uh, and Avatar. Places, places are wrong. Well, because there are no tentacles in our King in Yellow.
2: Tentacles so, do not a Lothar so, s- entity make.
0: So saith so the mayor of Carcosa. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, this is a great story. I'd love to to read more about this character too. So so Ben Stewart, if you're listening, write more about your Zulu hero, man. Yeah, man. Good stuff.
2: More adventures.
0: And, more adventures, and and keep the shaman. Yeah. Probably get shaman it. guy.
1: <laughs> Go contact M- Media. Um.
0: So okay. yeah, the next the next story is uh, Oren Gray's "A Circle That Ever Returneth In." Which is
2: Very apropos.
0: unique and that it is a choose-your-own-adventure story. Aye, that it is. And um, found out before the show that each of us chose a different <laughs> path. Randomly. Randomly. We did yeah. not coordinate this, but uh-uh. by some stroke of luck that we each chose a different path. Um, now... I liked it, one, for the novelty of a choose-your-own-adventure story. Because I haven't seen a choose-your-own-adventure story since I was in elementary school. Really?
2: Because they have Batman ones
0: now. Yeah, I know. I've, I've got one over here. I haven't read it.
2: <laughs> uh, I used to be a I, huge fan of the Lone Wolf series. I collected those so diligently. It was awesome. And,
0: and so keeping with was the theme of the book, Wizards, Warriors, and You. <laughs> guys remember that series?
3: mm No? Mm-mm.
0: Wizard. <clears throat> Sidebar. Wizards, Warriors, and You was a choose-your-own adventure-style series. Um, basically, you opened up with a, with a prologue and it started off, you either chose to be the wizard or you chose to be the warrior. And when you make your choice, you go and you get certain equipment to take with you. Like, if you take a sword or a mace or something like that. Um, if you're wizard, you choose two or three spells that you take with you. And there are choices in the book that are also dependent on what gear you took. So, if you took. If you the, have
1: a magic missile, go to page 35.
0: Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, you go to it and you're facing off with a bad guy and you read and the choices are if you brought the sword go to page you know whatever if you brought the mace go to page whatever and the fight scene would turn out differently depending on what your gear was just like if you were the wizard and you chose different spells each spell effect would have a different choice and sometimes it was the wrong tool for the job
2: mm-hmm so yeah, Lone Wolf can, did a lot of that, except sometimes the magic amulet will, could actually be what kills you.
0: <laughs> right. Yeah, there's there's one... I remember one Wizard of Warriors in you where you cast a spell and it backfires and you're trapped in time forever. Mm. And so you have to go back to the beginning and choose different spells. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as you said, Hester makes an appearance in this where the... Shining three appearances. Three appearances.
2: Yes, one in each.
0: Um. Yeah, you're after what it was—the Shining
2: Trape- Trapo-
1: Trapezoid McGuffin. Oh shit! What is it? The Tesseract.
2: The Shining Trapezoid I just wrote down down or whatever the fuck. <laughs>
1: it was Yo. black with red stripes.
0: Right, black and red. Magic pretty. jewel. Trapezohedron.
2: trapezohedron. The shining trapezohedron. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and in one of the s- stories, it makes fun of its name, because it, you, the protagonist, say, i hoping you pronounce it
2: correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I hope yeah. I've done well, Orin.
0: <laughs> now, yeah, i I chose I chose the doll mage which was a, an interesting uh, character you know, using um, like fifth fasts and whatnot to control people which is that itself is is an interesting spell effect um,
2: yeah and Steve, I chose the sword seller
0: you saw, the sell sword yeah three yeah, the warrior the warrior lots of hack and slash yes. As I just the cut purse. Because he's Steve Yes. And he's frozen in this shit-eating grin.
1: There was, there was no monk, <laughs> so I chose the cut purse.
0: There was no monk.
1: I that's pictured, all right. There
0: They're the next I, story. I pictured
1: my character as the monk. Your characters. <laughs> did I
2: think we, did we did find out what points? exactly... I
1: did some yeah. sweet
3: flips. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I don't think we ever find out what the character actually is. Is you? There are hints that no one has ears like you, or, or whatever. You know, you've been yeah, told the, you're rated this. The and, character
1: is the next sucker that steps up in line.
0: Right.
2: Yeah.
0: Um. Yeah. The um. The intro to the to the the story kind of lends it to your character being a robe of some type. Um. Maybe even class the dwarf, right? Because you know you, you do in the in the doll mage adventure you do end up like multi-classing. Where you get trained up in all of them, right?
2: Yeah. So, as a matter whatever. of
0: fact, if you would like,
1: I wrote a little review of the story.
2: Oh, uh,
1: a meta perspective. This go is how it. Goes. So. Uh, You have the the protagonist follows the NPC, gets spotted, joins up. They see the seer of many faces, which is different in all three of them.
3: Yeah.
1: And the three different scenes where you find the seer and three different seers. Then the protagonist gets trained in the pertinent art while traveling. And then they come across an army of mooks. Um, You're given a choice. You can help fight or flee. You confront the king in yellow, and it's three different incarnations in three different places. You get the MacGuffin, and then you go back to the beginning. And it is basically like the ending of the Dark Tower, but not as um, hopeful, because you don't get, in in your do-over... You don't get the horn of Gilead. Right. So you just repeat the same cycle over and over. Except this time you become one of the conspirators in the beginning.
2: Yeah, one of the three.
1: As right. opposed to the protagonists. That's why I said the next sucker in line, because right. you you become the cu- the cut purse, the cell sword, <clears throat> or the doll mage.
3: Right.
2: Which explains why, it in, in the end, it is so goddamn easy to get the trapezohedron from the King in Yellow. He just, like, hands it over. Because he knows that once you get it, no matter what you do, you're fucked.
1: Right. So, I mean, just from, like, if you want to... It's like step, one
2: big giant joke. Well,
1: yeah. If you step back from the narrative and, and reach all... Go through all three plot lines, not necessarily every branch, but all three main plot lines, you get a, a big picture... Which is very nihilistic and depressing, mm-hmm. because you are doomed basically to do the same three things over yes. and over, and it is really a circle that ever
2: turns in. And you forget what happens each time,
1: mm-hmm.
2: so that you you don't get to like make different decisions this time.
1: So, it, it is cool, yes, that it is a 2 year adventure, but I think that's kind of like the hook. Because everybody's going to go through all three of them eventually. Just, right. Sure. You know, the temptation's there. Once you do that, you realize that, like, just from the, the meta perspective of the story, it's got, like, that depressing, nihilistic feel to it. That, right. Everything you do is predetermined. It's a flat circle, blah, blah, blah.
0: Right. You're doing the same thing. Because, because a Choose Your Own Hence Adventure...
2: Hence the brilliant title. Ha, ha,
0: ha. A Choose Your Own Adventure by its nature is false choice. Right. Because... Oh, it's like a video game. Yeah, exactly. And you can... There's only... There's a limited amount of pages. Right, there's a limited amount of pages. Um... You know, to you know, you can't. Your character in a choose-your-own-adventure, or your character in a video game, or whatever, cannot actually just go go left. Right. You know, when when you're faced with left or right, generally you end up having to go right, regardless of what you do. You know, there's no option to just say, uh, oh, you know, screw you, NPC. I'm going this way. Right. You you get to a point where you're given a limited set of choices that lead to a limited
1: set of situations. You don't have the luxury of a multiverse where every time you you make a decision, all the other decisions have been made and exist on different Earths, in a zillion zillion multiple Earths. You don't have that flashpoint where you can go back and save your mother and change everything. Right.
0: Exactly.
1: Which is funny, because it kind of makes um, the, the fucking with time that's going to happen in Season 3 of, of Flash almost a positive thing, mm-hmm. metaphysically.
0: Well, it's certainly going to be a positive thing for us watching. Well, that's true. I mean, for the characters. Of the
1: philosophical ramifications of the in-world. It's a positive, outlet. you can change shit. Right. are in this, you can't. It's it's it, it's, it's set to start, no <laughs> matter no matter what
0: path you choose, and you only have three available paths.
2: Well, six. Sort of.
0: Sort of. Well, you
2: can yeah, sort of. I mean you, you could die. die. I mean, you when die. you die,
0: you just go back to the last the last choice and take the other one. Yeah. Right. Respawn. Respawn at the checkpoint.
2: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Um but, yeah, your, choi- your choices are limited, and... Yeah, it's all, it's, all the endings are the same. It's, it's the futility of existence, really, because... Yeah,
1: I'm, it's a clever, clever little thing yeah. that
0: Ray did there. Mm. Brilliantly done. Right. I mean, even, even the meta-commentary is a commentary on the nature of free will itself, and the illusion of free will. Because it is an illusion. I'm not going to play it. <laughs> I mean, I could. Fuck this! <laughs> Fuck this! No. That's right. And, and you have a few Wasn't more choices. This? You have a few more choices since he's referring to you, meaning Steve Rosenstein. You can close the book and throw it across the room and go. That's no, true. I refuse to participate.
1: Well, in your considering, these are, <laughs> considering these are uh, digital review copies, that'd be an
0: expensive thing.
2: To yeah. Do. Right I wouldn't here. want to throw it across the room.
0: But you know what I mean, you know. You can yes, just here you go, it. Rodney. <laughs> Drake. All right. So yeah, you can say, "I refuse to pay your play your sick, twisted game, Mr. Gray." Hello, and,
1: Mr. Gray. <laughs> and
0: yeah. So now we're on to the final. Now that we've been on almost two hours, this is a know. very long. Yeah, show. holy crap, man! Uh, we're on the final story, Ordo Virtuitum. Virt- which
1: I also Yep, order
0: of virtue.
1: All right, order of the virtues. It is actually the name of. They believe it is the oldest morality play by. Get this. Hildegard von Bingen.
2: Oh. Ah. Yeah. yeah. I miss Hildegard, of whom I am a fan.
0: All right, so this particular tale takes place in a medieval monastery uh, in of the Benedictine Germany. order in Germany. In Germany.
3: Well, in Prussia.
0: Germany. it Prussia. Prussia. It would be Prussia. Prussia. It would be the
1: territory. It might not even be Prussia. It might actually be like Bavaria. or
0: Right. Any any pre United Germany. Right. Any of those kingdoms in that area. Right. Um Yeah, and the the monastery or the the chapel and, and, and convent are being constructed. Um and this guy washes up out of the river and pretty much stops work on this church. And bad things happen when someone washes up from the river.
1: Well, um, Hildegard, who's also
0: the name of the abbess, mm-hmm. um, The Mother Superior, I guess. Yeah.
1: She um, was told by the Big G. The Big G. That um, this will be a refuge for the nuns. They will prosper here. They'll have a great time. But first you're going to be tested. hmm there's there's always a test. Right. Always. Has to be a test. I mean it's fucking God. So there's always a test. That's right. God is the riddler.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know. This one was was interesting in that, you know, we didn't see many stories. I mean, you know, there were there were monks in the Danuichi horror, but you know, we did not really talk about monks. monks. They weren't Benedictine monks. Um, different style. Of monk. We didn't even really didn't even really talk about the monks all that much. Um, this story yet, yeah, we have Benedictine uh, monks and nuns. Uh, basically, you know, trapped in this showdown on a dark and stormy night in you know in this in this stone construction site basically. It's well, not it even fully a church
1: yet. All right, so I'm looking at Logan is playing Bloodborne. Right. And that's basically what this is.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, it does have that kind of that kind of Bloodborne feel to it. Um almost I I, I, I watched uh, berserk this morning, episode five of the new Berserk series. Before I watched or read this story, and I, I was getting kind of a berserk vibe off of it. Um, might want
1: to go and get that checked out.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Hopefully your HMO will cover that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, this was this was it. It was kind of a slow paced and. You know, Hildegard was, was an interesting character, but all the other characters were just kind of, you know, not really much counterpoint. Even the villain of the piece wasn't extremely interesting. You know, he was like, oh, ah, this is my area.
1: My pet tentacle thing. Do you
0: like it? Do, it do, will crush you. Do you like my bat squid monster that I just created out of the palm of my hand? Where's your god? He crush now? You. I mean, you know, he al before
1: me, son of Jor-el.
0: The the villain of the piece almost says, "Where's your god now?" Yes. <laughs> yeah. you, know, I,
1: you know, I'm looking at like uh, what's his name from Jurassic Park, NCIS. Or no, he wasn't NCIS. You know who I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Jurassic
0: Park. um... Mm-hmm.
1: Not Mark Harmon. The guy that looks like Mark Harmon. In the mouth of madness.
2: Sam Neill? Yes, Sam Neill. Thanks.
1: you. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at this villain who's being played by Sam Neill. <laughs> Better than Ray Liotta.
0: <laughs> or Joe Pesci. <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey. Where's your
3: god now? Oh, god. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That'd be more threatening
0: than this guy was. Right, you know, it, yeah. Change the casting around. This, 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 it wouldn't hold up. You can't have Melissa McCarthy as Hildegard and uh, Gilbert Gottfried as as the villain in here. It, it just wouldn't work. You have, you would have to have actors with gravitas. Yes. So you get like Helen Mirren and Sam Neill, and you're good to go. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, God's God's gonna test them, and
1: so he's and, gonna throw Cthulhu at
0: them. Uh, Yogg-Sathoth, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, whatever. Yogg-Sathoth shows up a lot in in this book too. The Yogster. The Yogster. Cthulhu. And um, yeah, so. Hildegard manifests the power of god into a wave motion gun and, <laughs> and there's no other way to describe it i mean it's, or or she draws upon the powers of the swamp thing i mean l- literally
1: it is the verdant
0: yeah she fires the I mean, green at him.
1: The, the funny thing is, like, the sword from the beginning was called Deus Ex Machina. right? I mean, and this was just fucking... The Deus only Ex story
3: Machina.
1: that was Deus Ex Machina. I mean, I don't know if she wrote herself out into the middle of this. Um, I, Yeah. That's, it's kind of hard to have dynamic tension when the all powerful master of the universe, the Christian God, is in your corner and if you have faith, and we all know she has faith, it's gonna be the bad guy's gonna be obliterated because it's fucking the Christian
0: God and Right, exactly. And and that was that was one of the Kinda the turn off. But the the fact of it being, you know, the power she manifests was life itself being rather pagan in in nature was 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 interesting rather than like some kind of like divine holy light. It was actually, you know, the power of life itself. You know the the great life, dude. no, whatever. That's what I said.
1: Um, my criticism is it's certainly not my glass of bread.
0: Certainly <laughs> not your glass of bread?
2: Glass of bread. There we brandy. Go.
0: Glass of brandy. Benedictine oh, yeah. I thought
2: right. you said bread too.
0: Okay. Your glass of, bread.
2: Glass it's of my,
0: bread. It's not my way for burning grape juice. That's... <laughs> well, that yeah, is. I'm trying to put a Benedictine freaking joke in there. Uh, once once we saw a Benedictine monk wearing a T-shirt that said Benedictine Order, of the original men in black. Oh, nice. Because that was the color of their habit. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was good, but I think I almost had to go to store I wanted to go to story twelve, but I knew that we had only agreed to go halfway through, because. Yeah. This was not the story I wanted to end this section of reading on. I agree.
1: Actually, what I ended up doing after I read it was I went back and read the rest of the circle that ever... Mm -hmm. um,
2: The circle that ever returns in or whatever it was?
1: Yeah. I I just reread the rest of those. (coughs) Right. And I'm glad I did because I got a much better perspective on it.
0: Right. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, overall, I would say that the first half of this book has been very solid... Strong, man. Strong first
2: half. Which is a pleasant change, because the past few anthologies, we've tried to
0: right, has stickers at first. Weaker, weaker first halves, and and stronger, stronger second halves. Uh, right now, yeah, we're going through, we're 11 stories in, and, yeah, this this has been a very solid anthology. Um, I believe it will be available for public purchase in the next few days. Um.
2: Yeah, it might
0: already be out. It might already be out. It might be waiting for a party. Public consumption. One thing I will say, we shared the cover on Twitter and on Facebook as well. The cover is minimalist, and I really, I actually kind of like it um, because it is so simple. It's just blue background with a skull and cross swords. And, and then the little symbols... Right. The ellipses and right, and so. and that's it, and it's it's very simple cover, and it it almost it brings back. Well, uh, shotguns was the same way. Shotguns was the same way. Yeah. Well, it bring it, it brings back the, the the old hardcover, you know, cloth bound.
1: Um, it was published the, July
0: first. July first.
1: That's what okay. it says on there. Website. Amazon uh, the no, on Amazon uh,
2: the paperback it says the paperbacks available August second.
1: Stones well, it's an English company. Stone Skin are Brits um, because uh. on their website you can buy it from July first um, for eight pounds ninety nine pence
0: Ooh. so roughly sixteen bucks. Plus shipping. But buy it um, soon because... Right. Uh, we have the link to the Amazon page for this book uh, in the description of the video. So you guys can go and check it out. And yeah, I mean, hell, just the first half of the book alone is worth the buy. Yeah, it's yeah. really good.
2: There's some um, really good stuff in there. The, thing I mean, is the, is the like, title sounds hokey, just like Shotguns vs. Cthulhu. But yeah, it's, it's good stuff. The thing is...
1: The, a bad we're not even saying that they're bad. Even like the the, the last story mm-hmm. wasn't a bad
0: story. No, no, it was solidly written. It was a good story. It yeah, just it wasn't just, our cup of tea. Exactly. So there's nothing like a horrible. There's no
1: complaints. Right. Right. So and which is you know even in a, in a except for the guns.
2: That's probably the closest we're going to get to ones that we actually do not like. But it's
1: yes. still a fucking good story. Yeah, it's, it's still, still a good, good story. Yes. It's still it well a little good. off theme, but it's still a good story. And that's the thing is, in, in a lot of these anthologies, you have a few really good stories, um, more good good stories, um, some all right stories, and then a couple of clunkers. Mm-hmm. Hasn't been like that. We've had some really good stories and some good
0: stories. Right. We haven't we haven't seen a clunker yet. Yeah. We haven't even mm. seen a meth. Mm. Right. So next week we've gone long, as usual. We're two hours in. We yeah. spent a lot of time on this.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. So expect more of the same next week uh, when we do the second half of Swords of e. Cthulhu. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and cut her off here. Uh, Monday night we'll be doing uh, a time to harvest, I believe. Chapter three. Um, Friday fungi will be back.
2: Um, no, actually we're taking a break this week. Oh, you're taking our, a break this week? Okay. we'll be off doing something fun. Ah, awesome. More fun than us apparently. Yeah. Alright, so there
0: will be no Friday no Fungi No Fungi So, yeah, Monday night will be a time to harvest Beginning of chapter 3 uh, Next Saturday we'll be doing Part 2 of S.V.C. S.V.C. Which means I guys will
2: read like a mad woman
0: So, in the meantime, everybody say Good night, Gracie, night, Gracie. Good night, Gracie, good night, Gracie. Where's your gun now? <laughs>